Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast. My name is Ben Barry, and this podcast name is The Fourth Take. Um, thank you for choosing to listen to the premiere of this podcast. I'm happy to have you along, and I hope you will find it pretty interesting. Um, I guess I should explain what this podcast is and then why I started it, um, since it it's the intro. It Like I said, it's the premiere. It's the intro of my first episode. So what is the podcast? Basically, the goal of this podcast is to get to know people better, even if I know them uh, very well already. Like, I'm, I'm going to be interviewing a bunch of different people. I'm going to be interviewing my friends, my friends' parents, teachers, um, like my first guest. It's Mr. Novak, the, the famous Mr. Novak. Um, name dropping to get this podcast some recognition. Um, why did I start it? I started it because the very same Mr. Novak, he teaches a class I'm taking uh, at Glenbard East High School, I'm a senior, called Humanities. And he assigned my class with this, this, uh, this project he calls the Passion Project. And the goal of this project is for the students to choose um, an interest, a talent, or a passion to explore for the next month or so. And I chose to do a podcast. I, I really enjoy listening to podcasts. I think it's pretty cool to have one even, um, even though it's just something I'm recording in my room for a school project. I think it's still pretty cool and it's, it's fun to record. Um, that's, that's, uh, why I started it. Um, now, I'm going to introduce my guest, Mr. Novak, the man who needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. He is a fantastic teacher. He is a wonderful guy. Um, if you have him as a teacher, you know this to be true. Um, if you don't have him as a teacher, you will find out, um, you'll get some idea of, of this from the interview that's coming. Um, but he's an awesome teacher. The humanities class itself is a fantastic class. I highly recommend uh, any high schoolers that are listening to this to take it because it's awesome. And without further ado, let's get into the interview. But before we do, I do want to apologize for some poor quality. Um, uh, my voice isn't going to sound as, as clear as it, as it sounds right now. That's just because of the way I had to record the podcast. Um, I basically did like a phone call, not a real phone call, but I recorded it remotely with Mr. Novak. We were like collaborating on, um, on this like recording app. Uh, so, so my voice is, is kind of quiet, but you can hear him fine, which is what's important. Um, yeah, so that's the podcast. That's why I started the podcast. You know, my guest, I'm not going to keep you waiting. Enjoy the interview. Anyway, for this podcast, I, I do, like I said, I know you as a teacher. I was hoping to get to know more about your life outside of teaching and like even back when you were a high schooler. <laughs> so if we could get into that right now. Um, oh, yes. okay. Yeah, yeah. So oh. I, I, I guess I don't know where you lived when you were a kid. Where, where was that? Was it in Illinois? Yeah, actually, as a young kid, um, uh, born and raised in Chicago uh, on the northwest side, 
uh, all the way up through uh, through I was uh, 10 years old, uh, fourth grade, um, public school, Chicago public schools there. Uh, it was a different experience as a kid. The um, uh, It seemed like they were kind of underfunded. And um, I remember a lot of times I'd be maybe a first or second grader and we'd come to our, our class and then the teacher wasn't there. And um, a, a person, an administrator would walk in and say, well, guys, today there's no sub, uh, there's no teacher. So we're doing our split up. You get split up. And that what that meant was <laughs> we would uh, take our um, little folder and, and uh, and they would assign us uh, two or three kids to a, to a classroom somewhere in the building. It was a, a kindergarten through eighth grade school. And I remember, he said, okay, uh, Novak, you're going to uh, room 312. <laughs> and I would go up. <laughs> I, think I, was, I think I was in first grade when this first happened. And then second grade, too, it seemed like it was kind of off. And, and I'd have to be going, navigating the steps. And I, I'd try to find room 312. And, and then it would be, you know, like a bunch of I was like a first grader and there were all these seventh graders sitting in learning about chemistry or something. And I'd have to go find an empty desk and find things to do <laughs> for the full day, you know, try wow. to uh, uh, kind of make things to do. And those, uh, I, after telling my parents about those days, I think they realized we, we got to get you uh, maybe to the suburbs. <laughs> so we yeah. uh, eventually moved out to Hoffman Estates and that's, um, I remember like, oh, my gosh, this is the suburban schools. This is so hard. They had us do a lot of work and, and um, uh, constant homework. And they and they would uh, uh, ask for it the next day and expect things of you. And I remember just being like overwhelmed at first. Um, but over uh, over time, I started to get my bearings. And, and I was pretty grateful that uh, uh, I did start getting a, an education that was um, more challenging and, and, uh, and better funded. I feel uh, uh, badly for, um, I'm sure the schools are a lot better now in Chicago, but uh, it, it did a disservice. I'd remember as a kid, we had a group of friends, great group of friends. Um, and I felt they were all smarter than I was. All, all go-getters, artists and and athletes and, and uh, just overall uh, uh, neat kids. Uh, um but I remember, you know, after moving away from them and, and kind of keeping in touch with them, eventually, you know, I went to uh, a college and, and uh, uh, reached back to a lot of the my friends. And um, some of them didn't even uh, make it to, to college. You know, um, and uh, I couldn't believe it because they were such, you know, they were such smart kids. But I kind of felt like I wonder if it had to do with them staying in, in the schools where they're getting split up a lot and, <laughs> and not being as challenged as I could have been. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, definitely. Wow. I, yeah, I would never have known that. That's interesting. So did you have any siblings or was, were you an only child? I have, I have a younger brother uh, and he's uh, almost six years younger than I am, but he, uh, he okay. still lives out in, um, he lives in Hoffman Estates. So, and I live uh, in the Northwest suburbs too. So not too far apart. <laughs> Good. That's nice. Yeah, that is very nice. So you you were in the northwest uh, northwest part of Chicago, went to CPS, mm -hmm. then you moved to Hoffman Estates mm -hmm. and uh, finished your school there. Mm -hmm. You went to high school there as well? Yeah, Hoffman, Estate. Hoffman Estates. Yep, same as uh, Mr. Halker went there too. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, that's cool. Were, were you guys friends? In no, I'm, uh, he's about 10 years younger than I am. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that's cool. Cool connection. Mm -hmm. 
So in high school, in high school, what were you like? Can you give me like a summary of what Mr. No, Mr. Jake Novak was like in high school? <laughs> oh, Ben. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was probably a pretty dorky kid. I very much imagined. Uh, so, uh, but, <laughs> uh, but I had fun. Uh, um, although I remember saying, no, I said, you know, I, I, and I tell seniors this, you know, I, I do remember distinctly senior year. It seemed like senior year, things just started to click. I had been, um, oh, I, I think I was on playing tennis uh, for the school and just um, it made some good friends. And uh, it, it just felt like a um, uh, things were really starting to click. And I was like, oh, I like this whole thing. And then it was time to graduate. <laughs> it seemed like I had just started to figure out uh high school and really starting to have fun and it was over. <laughs> so I, yeah. that would be a lesson in effort for, for kids is, you know, uh, start embracing things early, get to make those relationships early on, get involved in some sports or, or ex clubs or some activities right early on. You never uh, uh, will know who you're going to meet and the kind of stories you're going to know. Uh, I've always been a little slow to catch on, I think, but, but I did definitely enjoy it by my, my senior year. It just was too fast and it was all over so quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good lesson. That's something I'm, I, uh, I tell freshmen that I come in contact with because it, it's crazy. Like it goes by so quickly. I'm a senior and mm -hmm. it feels like I started yesterday. Isn't that something? But that's, that's cool. Yeah. And, yeah, it is. But of course for you, I mean, this pandemic is going to be, defining right i mean that's such a it's a oh yeah in a uh, you know i mean remember how different that was the end of junior year for you right like oh my gosh we're switching from <laughs> meeting every day to go you could just get on class whenever you wanted <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and then now you know not going back except for you know one or two days a week if at all it's got to be so uh uh, oh, it's got to be heartbreaking for you without all the, the things you normally associate with the traditions of especially being a senior, right? Yeah, it is. It's tough. It's each day gets harder, but even still, there's a lot to be grateful for, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So from high school... Where, uh, where'd you go to college? Uh, oh, for undergrad, I went to University of Illinois down in Champaign. Oh. And that was uh, an awesome experience. Uh, if you can get to, if you go to college away from home and get on a campus, um, there's nothing like it because you just, um, especially if you take a major you enjoy. I was, a, 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 I think I was undeclared for a while and then eventually became an English and philosophy major. <laughs> and Oh, was that just the greatest? We had so much fun, um, met so many people from so many different walks of life. And and even the professors, you know, by the time we were uh, taking some of those advanced English courses, we'd have um, uh, sometimes class at, at a professor's house. You know, we'd sit around and have some uh, like little um, snacks and things and, and, and read some poetry. Or sometimes even at a bar one time, we, <laughs> we had class. Um, it was just a really neat experience. Some of those professors, like I remember my political science professor, they'd be in this big Follinger auditorium with a thousand kids in there, but the, but the professor could just talk in such an engaging way. I would just get swept up. I'd take all these notes and uh, really and just enjoyed listening. And this history teacher who could, um, without even looking at his notes, he could recall 
the um, um, U.S. history to the minutest detail and the neatest stories he'd tell us. Uh, some great, just great classes and, and so many nice kids to meet and, and just the whole social life is just so fun. I mean, it was just a good, a really good experience. I, I, I'm sure you'll hear that for anybody who go, went to, went away to school. It's just uh, it's something you don't want to miss out on. I hope all that, all this pandemic stuff has gone away by the time you get, get to school, Ben. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, well, that sounds, that's really cool. I was going to ask you what your major was. So you said philosophy and English. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which kind of that's cool. class, right? <laughs> right, I know exactly. And and that's that's something actually something I'm considering because I really enjoyed the class and philosophy as a whole. Oh, that's cool. But before before we get into like your major stuff, mm -hmm. I do I do want to touch on something that's that has uh, hit home for me, mm -hmm. which is you said you went to school undecided, which makes this even more relevant to you. Cause I, I'm, I don't really know exactly what I'm going to study and I know several others don't as well. So how, what was that like going to university undecided? Yeah. Well, I think now the pressure is greater because school has just gone, gotten so astronomically expensive. Uh, even the time when I was there, I mean, it was still, I think room and board and tuition together was close to 10 grand for a year. Um, but now it's uh, probably 30 grand or something um, at a state school. But but so it wasn't quite as big of a deal. But but I um, being undecided didn't bother me at all. I just got to go take what I wanted to take and, and try different things. And, and that's I'm like, I didn't think it was very realistic to think when I was 18 in high school that I'd know what I want to do for a career. <laughs> right. I know. Uh, like an impossible task. So I, I enjoyed being able to just take whatever I wanted and whatever other uh, uh, students would kind of tell me were, oh, you got to get this professor, you got to take this class. And I was just trying all sorts of different things. But I think I always kind of um, like the arts, uh, I, I, the liberal arts. Um, I just was, I was drawn, drawn to that more than, um, oh, maybe more than like a, a, a med school pursuit or something. Uh, I just kind of knew that that I, I just liked the I enjoyed writing all the time. Um, and uh, I just kind of knew that would it didn't surprise me eventually when I became an English major and with a philosophy major, too. <laughs> we'll keep going down the timeline a little bit. So you finish you finish your philosophy and English major mm -hmm. and uh, you decided to go into teaching right after that, or did you well, get a job? Well, no, at the time, let's see. I uh, wasn't sure what to do uh, out of college. I thought I'd just go to grad school, maybe uh, writing. So I wanted to go to university of Iowa, their writing program. They had the best writing program. Didn't get into that. Um, uh, but, but after, or just while I was still in college, I remember going to this uh, program that they offered at the school. This is called called Bunak, and what it was was a uh, a British guy was talking. And he said, "Why don't you, you know, once you graduate, we'll extend a uh, uh, an invitation to you to go work abroad in Eng in England in London, basically, um, uh, and uh, we kind of treat you as a student, even though you'll have graduated, and you could work, you know, for six months and then travel." I said, "Oh, that sounds pretty awesome." So. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, so I did that. I signed up with this Bunak program. So I, uh, after the summer after uh, college, I, I uh, flew and moved to London, found a little uh, apartment, got a job right away. Just um, just getting a job like typing <laughs> at like an office and uh, 
folding papers and doing goofy stuff. Uh, but, but starting to travel, uh, uh, and my, my girlfriend at the time, she was also at U of I, but she went that year to study abroad in Paris. And I would it was fun. I would go from London, and uh, I remember it was a 45-minute flight. Uh, I'd save up my money, and, and I was about 75 oh, wow. pounds, I think, to, to fly from London or from London to Paris. And we'd uh, 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 travel around. We traveled through Europe. Um, uh, it was quite a great experience. Yeah, that's what I did right after college. And then I thought, well, what am I going to do now? I'll go to grad school. I got to get a, you know, maybe uh, teach while I'm at grad school so I don't have to pay for this. <laughs> and uh, uh, I did a little subbing and stuff. And then um, yeah, I was thinking, well, maybe I'd uh, pursue teaching. Um, I'd have to get a teaching degree. I didn't have that from U of I. I was just a pure English major in philosophy. No, no uh, certification for English. Uh, right. And then, then I got lucky. One of the schools I applied to at Northern, um, they called me up and, and had me interview uh, to teach a, a college reading. And I did the interview, and they hired me on the spot because they said, "Okay, well, you can come to school here. We'll pay for all your school, but you just got to teach this college reading while you're here." And it was a great class, two classes a, uh, a day, two days a week, um, uh, kids uh, uh, to help them in their in their reading, uh, other, you know, uh, university students. And uh, I was teaching them and I got, uh, they paid for all my school, my books, and they even got like a, I think like a $600 stipend every month or something on top of it. And so that paid for all my grad school. Uh, uh, and uh, that was a great experience. Two years, took me two years. Um, uh, but at least I didn't have any debt when it was all done and, and I had some great experience there and then got into teaching after that. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> that's a lot to take in. So you, so you went, to, you lived in London for, yes, for how long? Months. It was college? a six month program and then traveled around. And then traveled around that's so months. cool. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's <laughs> so cool. And then you got to go to Northern mm -hmm. and that, wow, that is. Yeah. So cool. It was all paid that for is, too. Uh, and, and, College reading right, was a lot yeah. of fun. That was a uh, teaching college is a lot easier than teaching high school because you just it's very, it's a very oh. light load. <laughs> you know, you teach a couple few hours a day. It's kind of like uh, remote learning is what it's like. You know, oh, <laughs> yeah. And, and the kids are good. If you don't show up, it's on them. You don't even have to call any parents or anything. Oh right, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. that was it. But when I finally did my student teaching, I was like, oh my gosh. High school, there's so much work. You got you know, to go early and you're in class. One class after the next, after the next, after the next. It's so much harder than college was. There's <laughs> so much more to do, especially if you take a major you enjoy. You know, uh, yeah, high school yeah. is a lot harder, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you have any thoughts about ever becoming a college professor? Oh, for a long time I did. Yeah. But now, um, uh, the way they treat uh, professors, you hardly ever get those, um, you know, as an associate professor or a, uh, uh, you know, they oh, never yeah. give you a full-time job. You're <laughs> really tough. Whereas our school district has been wonderful. You know, you get the full benefits, you get, um, uh, you know, you, you, you get paid well and insurance and, and, um, oh, I've really come to love, love my job, but I'll say I didn't like it at first. Very hard at first. It was hard to, to, um, create kind of a, a teaching personality and enforce all these rules and, you know, uh, do yeah. everything. It was hard, but I'm really the last few years, especially uh, talking to Mr. Lemke, we would talk all the time uh, about 
you know, RAP kids and, and what things are going on. And, and we would just both kind of got to the point where we're like, this is a great job. This is really couldn't ask for um, something better than this. So, and then the other guy, I mean, the teachers I work with, uh, Ben, uh, I mentioned Mr. Perkillo and Mr. Neary, Mr. Nagel, Mr. Carbajal, um, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Uh, Sable. Um, there, there are so many teachers that are just so, um, they're so funny and so uh, warm and caring. Uh, you know, it's like another family. It's a, it, it's really great. And then the kids are just, you guys have been, you guys have been awesome. You know, I really enjoyed Okay. So why did you choose the English department and the humanities class? Oh, gosh. Well, um, uh, the humanities, there, there was a, a talk by Mr. Ward. He was a really phenomenal uh, teacher here at East about, gosh, about 15 years ago now. Um, he ended up, he's a professor now at Duke University. He went to Duke Law School. Oh, wow. and, yeah, and then he went to go teach at Duke. <laughs> he got hired by Duke. A, a prof, I think he teaches law there. Really smart guy, Mr. Ward. Uh, he taught humanities honors before I did. And um, when he was going to Duke, the department chair at the time, uh, Miss Meyer, uh, asked me because she kind of knew I had <clears throat> philosophy background and um, uh, just kind of an interest in the humanities. Uh, she'd asked if uh, I would uh, uh, teach it from there. Uh, and it was very difficult at first, kind of like the, the whole new curriculum and and, um, and also how well regarded Mr. Ward was. <clears throat> and I was kind of, I had been, um, I'd been teaching at Glenbard South for five years um, before they had uh, narrowed enrollment and I was able to come to East and really grateful to be at East. But I was new, kind of newer to East. Maybe I'd been there only maybe one year. It's so my second year at East, I think. Didn't know a lot of the kids yet. And um, <clears throat> and then taking over this class that Mr. Ward had that first year was was tough. I, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but I just loved the curriculum and I was learning about, about it. <clears throat> so it took me a year or two to kind of get um, the class under my, um, uh, really kind of get to me. And uh uh, but I was always glad to be teaching that class. And now it's really kind of become a class that really, um, even though, um, even though, you know, the texts don't change that much, um, what the kids bring it into it and what I just kind of miss, there's some of these texts are so rich that I, there's new things I see differently every time. Um, I, I gotta say it's definitely affected my way of thinking. I mean, Socrates has gotten me asking, what, what is this good life really looking like? What should we be doing? <laughs> and I do think I find a great comfort in the idea that, well, what we're teaching, um, is, is pretty good, you know, and I, I feel rewarded from that. Um, but yeah, was, that's how I got into humanities. Mr. Ward, he was a fantastic teacher. Everybody loved him, but he's at Duke now, um, so and then Miss, I was happy when Miss Gunn uh, started teaching it all. So we get to share lots of ideas. She's got lots of great, great ideas and, and works so well with the humanities kids. So, so it's nice, nice not being by myself now in the in humanities. That's cool. I, Mr. Ward is teaching at Duke. That is that's that's pretty big. Yeah, right. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you had big shoes to fill, but you. <laughs> I never met Mr. Ward, but I, I think it's safe to say you're filling him very nicely. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, 
because you're a great humanities teacher. Oh, thanks. Okay. Now, oh, and, I, and you mentioned you taught at, Gl- at Glenbard South. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot to ask you, where did you teach before East? Yeah. You, uh, you taught at South uh, for five years, and then did you teach anywhere before that besides uh, Northern? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Northern would have, been, would have been the first college reading at Northern U- Illinois University. Right. That was the college stuff. And then I did my student, te- when I got uh, through there and did my student teaching, was at Crystal Lake Central High School. That was a nice school. Nice experience, uh, 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 student teaching. And then my first job wasn't too far from there. It was at Jacobs High School out in Algonquin. Um, they were on the block schedule, um, uh, but they were a unit district and kind of struggling financially. Um, so I got I got a year under my belt there. Uh, that was a tough year. It was hard figuring out how to teach well for, you know, in a block schedule. Um, and then it was right after that, that first year uh, that I started applying to some schools, you know, a little further east, closer to Chicago, and um, uh, got hired at, at Glenbard South um, and taught there and coached uh, girls and boys tennis for five years um, uh, before coming over to uh, uh, to East. And East, I just absolutely love. South was nice too, but East has, has been my home and I, I love it. Love the kids here. Okay, so the next two questions I have, they might you might need a minute to think about them. Okay, but I am very curious to know, and I hope others are as well. What is your favorite figure that we study <laughs> in humanities? Oh gosh, well, it, I mean, it's Socrates first and foremost. I'd have to say, I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, Socrates is fascinating. Yeah, and I, but I don't know how much of uh, Socrates is uh, is a creation of Plato. You know, it might it might just be Plato who I'm really admiring, but. But the Socrates that he depicts is just um, embodies uh, uh, just what I think is the, the neatest way to be a human, like to, to just walk, just enjoy things. Well, I mean, not care about wealth or, or fame or anything. Just walking around talking to people and to have the courage that he did to like challenge like the these authority figures. I mean, I, I love the, the satirist today, like, uh, oh, you know, like um, uh, Stephen Colbert or, or yeah. the old daily show and stuff that the ones who could really kind of uh, challenge these people of authority and then kind of humble them. I mean, that uh, you could see how you'd get a, a good group of followers and, and um, just always kind of always though to, to sort of say, Hey, well, you know, how do we live the very best we can do? Look at, look at what we are doing as a society. I mean, that Greek democracy was amazing. We looked at that video on the Parthenon, like, Oh my gosh, what kind of civilization could have built that Parthenon? Um, and then built a democracy, and yet he was still critical of stuff. He's still finding things to improve. He's all, you know, to call himself that gadfly or the horsefly, um, uh, biting the butt of Athens to keep it, you know, uh, from being complacent. I just think that's the the neatest character. He's a, a, a really, and he's funny and uh, uh, sarcastic and ironic, and um, yeah, he's probably the whole. Uh, he's my favorite. But the other, oh my God, when we get to King Lear, I did. That's my other favorite. I mean, my favorite individual piece is probably Shakespeare's King Lear. That's an unbelievable play. I might have to agree with you. Socrates is definitely a man of <laughs> of uh, I don't know what the word is. He's definitely someone I look up to. <laughs> even even now, so many years later, yeah, two thousand you know? years later, twenty four years right. later, yeah. <laughs> 
So is Socrates, the next question I was going to ask you is, who is your favorite philosopher or thinker mm-hmm. out of all of them, even the ones we don't study? Would that still be Socrates? Well, yeah, I mean, Plato's got to be uh, right at the at the heart. But I've read a little bit of um, Immanuel Kant and his idea of, um, it's kind of similar to what we were reading in Locke with this, uh, um, oh, uh, the simplified version is the, um, the golden rule kind of idea, but 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 I like some of those moral philosophers who look at, um, you know, uh, how being a best person it could be uh, is what matters. Um, but I haven't. I, so, uh, I remember in college, I mean, reading um, Descartes and kind of understanding, you know, that old "I think, therefore I am." I'm like, well, why? What does that even mean? But going into a class and really kind of coming down to, well, you know, when you start to um, realize that your the entire world comes through your senses um and how what much can you start to trust those senses you can start to and i remember my maybe the philosopher <laughs> who i um uh was affected by who was actual human next to me was my cousin he was uh, two years older than i was and and so smart uh and i think i told you the story of him saying one day you know you know jake you're just you're just part of my dream you know <laughs> and you're just a bit player in it <laughs> and i'll prove you wrong. And i was like oh that was messing with me i was getting me so bad. i don't want to be in your i don't want to be a dream michael i'm a real person but you start to realize that the the uh, uh our whole consciousness is, is based on our senses and how we perceive those senses and i remember reading you know descartes was really neat uh he was really kind of uh, exploring that same sense of of uncertainty, um, but he he had started with this notion, and instead of saying "I think, therefore I am," it was really "I doubt," and then he says "I exist." That is, if nothing in this world else exists, the fact that you're doubting it, okay, that you would have some doubt of existence, at the very least, that has to exist. <laughs> that doubt, and then from that doubt, you can build upon you can start to construct uh, um, the whole being upon which that doubt uh, uh, sees itself and, and the world that we construct and, and all around it. And, um, uh, but maybe it starts with doubt. And I do think I've always sort of uh, embraced, it's been both um, a fault of mine, but also I think a strength. And that is um, rarely am I very, very certain about something. <laughs> you know, doubt seems to be my, um, uh, uh, that's my default setting. I think, you know, like, Oh, I don't know if I'm right on this. You know, I don't trust my intuition very much. Uh, A doubt is something uh, that's a part of it. And that's been bad because sometimes, you know, I might've had the right decision and I didn't follow through because I doubted myself. That happened plenty of times or was fearful, but I've also thought that doubt allows me to really hear people whose views are much different from my own because I'm not sure if I'm right, you know, and allows me to really hear, students who say things that I never would have thought of or maybe totally disagree with. Um, but the fact that they're saying them and they're reasonable uh, uh, allows me to really kind of wonder, okay, well, how are we so uh, far apart on this? I, I wonder where my weaknesses are in my thinking. I wonder what this kid's got me thinking about. So in a way, yeah, my favorite philosopher is still Plato or, or Socrates. Because I never really think down, so it's hard to know how much is Plato and how much is Socrates. Um, but I do also admire uh, a lot of philosophers, but but Descartes's a good one too because of that that embrace of doubt and building upon it. That's crazy. That <laughs> that's a lot to think about. Yeah, are we are we studying Descartes? 
We no, I don't have any dick card for us. I, I okay. don't know how to fit that in. No. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm, I, I'll look into that. Yeah, if you go to college, that'd be a, he's a neat one to look at. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's uh that. Yeah, that is um that's pretty deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that whole thing. But yeah, the, the, these guys are are all very cool philosophy. I, I I tend to agree with you. I feel like doubt seems i seem to doubt a lot as well and yeah i think it is a, it is in some ways a good thing but mm-hmm. i feel like with doubt sometimes comes with regret in a way oh, yeah definitely definitely yeah not seizing the moment right in the- right exactly yeah Okay, the last topic I wanted to touch on is kind of your family life. Mm-hmm. Right? You you said you just picked up, your, you have two kids, is that right? Uh, well, I got um, I have Piper's at home. She's uh, in middle school, so she it was staying home you know, remotely because with the, too many classes, we we're a little worried about uh, how safe it would be for her. But yeah. My two younger ones, a fifth grader Emmett and a first grader Calvin, uh, they're in a, a grade school. So, you know, just one teacher, they're not switching all around and it's only a few hours. So uh, they're in school and that's what they're the ones I had to pick up. Yeah. Okay. So three kids. Yeah. That's very cool. And, and you're married, yeah. I assume. Yep. Yep. My wife is, very nice. uh, and a, is got a good job. She's working from home and she's an attorney, uh, but she's, Oh, very cool. But she's able to um, be here a lot so that she, you know, Piper's not by herself or anything during the school day. <laughs> and how about your family and stuff? What, what's your? Uh, am I going to have any of your brothers or sisters? <laughs> I hope. I hope. Well, you know, Henry, he graduated this. Oh past yes, year. Henry, that's right. Yes, yes. A great kid. So Henry's graduated. Yeah. My little brother Patrick is a freshman this oh, year. He's a freshman. Okay. Yes, and I am going to strongly uh, suggest him. He take AP Lang his junior year. <laughs> Followed by humanities, oh, okay. his senior year. So hopefully it, he'll get two chances to have you. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Patrick, his name is Patrick. Yeah. Patrick Barry. Okay, he's a freshman this year. He's a freshman. That's pretty cool uh, to be in the same school as him because it's the first time it's happened. Yeah, oh, right. Yes, that's right. Because you would have been in middle school that wouldn't have happened, right? Because that's three years. Right. Yeah. 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 And we were in the same elementary school, but kind of in separate wings because I was in fifth grade when he was in second grade second. and i was in third grade when he was in kindergarten so in like kind of separate wings so it's cool to like see him walking around yeah i always try to wave at him you look out for him a little bit yeah it, it, that's really that's, cool yeah yeah protect him brother that's good because i went to go pick up right, my kids yeah. and and uh, usually calvin is standing next to Emmett, and this time Emmett was just with his buddy <laughs> and i'm like why did you couldn't have you uh, <laughs> brought your little first grader with you <laughs> you know uh Funny. And I tell him, I tell him, you get, open the door for for your brother first. Don't just go right into the <laughs> into the car. Let your brother in first. He's like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's funny. I'm sure it'll change in time. <laughs> yeah, but you look. And then I've first. got a yeah. And you and and did Henry look out for you? Yes, he did. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then I've got a third sibling, a little sister named Evelyn. She's in sixth grade right now. Oh, in sixth. So she's got oh, a couple of, couple of years. That's yeah, sweet. That's nice, Evelyn. Evelyn. So hopefully, hopefully you'll have both Patrick and Evelyn at, at one point. <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> that's cute. Good. Good. Yes. And uh, you were telling me you live in Lombard, right, Ben? Or I do. Yeah. yeah, I live. I live 
just about two miles away from Glenbard East. It's almost exactly two almost miles. Almost exactly two miles, yeah. I know you like Lombard. Isn't it a nice town? Yeah, I do like Lombard. It's a good, we, yeah. we are really lucky to live in this area. People people don't realize that it's flat. It's kind of boring. <laughs> but to be in the center of the greatest source of fresh water in Lake, Lake, the Great Lakes yeah. and be in the center of the most profitable land all this corn and wheat and soy all around us we'll, we'll never have to worry about going hungry <laughs> right. or not having enough water yeah that's true especially as our planet warms up and <laughs> right yeah yeah and we're right in the center so we don't have to worry about <laughs> the the glaciers melting and we're going underwater <laughs> I, I hope it doesn't get to that but yeah, yeah it's good so yeah i do i do like Lombard. Yeah. It, the cold is a bit it's a bit unbearable i might move a little bit south yeah when I come up. Right. I know. I get it. I, I talk to my wife about that too. When the kids are done with school and <laughs> go somewhere, because I do get tired of this. This cold, this yeah. kind of weather lately, it's just been ridiculous. I know we, we had to, we've gotten like three feet of snow oh, in the past two gosh, months. It's been, yeah. Yeah. We got spoiled that first half of winter it was nice. Right. I know. Yeah. It was nice and mild, yeah. but yeah. But Lombard itself, I tell you the, the amount of restaurants, there's so many that are, um, uh, independent, you know, they're not all just big franchise and chains. Yeah, a lot of independent places that are uh, doing well around the train station and are just um, downtown Lombard and, and other places. Just uh, a lot of good places to eat. It's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's actually some sort of legislation that prevents chains of being in the downtown area, no. which I think is really Is cool. that right? Yeah, so the local places are great, and I know a couple of the owners, which is which is you do. Cool. Who do you know? Yeah, um, so I know um, Mr. Moreau, Steve Moreau, I think is his name, the owner of Babcock's. Oh, Grove Babcock's, House. yeah, that's a good yes. place. How do you know the owner? Yeah, how do you know his son Ethan is the same age as Henry, and they're friends. oh, that's so I know him from oh, that. that's neat, good, good, yeah, and you knew someone else too who's got a restaurant, uh, ju just oh, him, yeah. but I. The fam they're all like family owned, oh, so yeah. I'm sure I'm just a few connections yeah, away right. from the family. Right, that's cool. Yeah, and what about? Um, uh, I know you're talking a little bit about business, like uh, the in interest in teaching. How'd you get these interests? Oh yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, I've been really like questioning what I want to do, when I want to study at college, and what my career is going to be after that, mm -hmm. and. I have been working with kids in some sort of way for pretty much my whole life. And like for as long as I can remember, even since like middle school, I would be helping out with VBS and stuff and sports camps. And then later in middle school, early high school, I would go on missions trips mm -hmm. to run VBSs. Wow. And just this past summer, I ran a summer camp in Glen yeah. Ellen and I was uh, one of the counselors and I, I just really enjoy it. And I, I feel yeah. like God's given me the gift to, work with yeah. kids so I, I think that might be something i'm interested oh that's in. awesome good and you did that you were um the counselor here in in where did you say in glendale heights or where was it or glen, glen ellen glen ellen park, park District. District. yeah yeah and what, what and i'm doing it again and what year. were the kids doing what was it like a summer camp or what was it yeah it was a summer camp and i really got like a unique teaching style experience because we couldn't do anything we had to be on the property uh -huh. We couldn't go to the pool or the zoo like we would in a normal yeah. summer. So we had to be on the property. 
and I had to come up with all the games that we would do for the day and the activities. And, and you, really did, and huh? you figured out the games and stuff for the kids. Yeah, I think I think I did okay. The kids seemed to seem to like me. I at least I yeah, so. oh, and I just really enjoyed. That's it. a fun thing. Yeah, I remember that first starting um, with tennis and with and then the. Uh, the head coach saying, Hey, why don't you run a summer camp? I'm like, Whoa, what does that even mean? <laughs> but I remember going, it was a Glen Ellen um, park district. They have some courts right there. And, but they also would allow us to use the, our, the high school courts. And they, um, I remember just having the kids uh, come up for this. I had to figure out what the, what a tennis camp would look like. I didn't even know, but we had, I found in the, in the school, the lot in the, um, in the storage where we had some old um, ball machines and <laughs> we're just running that stuff. And it was a lot of fun. The kids, we figured it out. You know, running that's a camp cool. was a good, uh, that's a great experience. And you have some, it is, you have some yeah. freedom to about what you're going to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is cool. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. And I, I just really love, I, I love working with kids. I love building relationship with kids, but I also really like uh, building relationships with, the other employees like the other camp counselors that was really cool to me yeah so and, and i think if i was a teacher you almost have to work together mm -hmm. with your your fellow mm -hmm. teachers like you were saying with miss mm -hmm. gunn just because she's doing humanities makes your job even a whole yeah. lot easier so i think that part would be yeah really to cool. be able to bounce ideas off of one another and work together share this and that that is a lot of, that's really nice. Ms. Gunn's a great one to work with. There's so many great English teachers at our school. The, our PLC, Ms. Pasaki's fantastic. I still really miss Mr. Lemke. He was a really good friend. Um, but so many teachers. Uh, uh, Mr. Littell, I don't know if you know, ever had him, but he's really a fascinating teacher. Um, Mr. Hulkren, Mr. Best. Um, uh Oh, gosh, oh, so many. Yeah, a lot of good ones. Um, but yeah, you're going to enjoy that with it. If you do end up in, in teaching, you're going to get along with the teachers so well and have a good time and with the kids. Um, well, yeah, thank you. good. Anything else you want to share with me, Ben? Uh, nothing off the top of my head. I, I will say this was uh, this is really fun. <laughs> and I hope the rest of the podcast goes as smoothly as this and even better. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, but I appreciate this. Of and course. Good luck yeah. with this. I, I hope I'm... this becomes a big thing for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Me too. I hope I, I hope someone yeah. listens. Well, to I have it. nobody else. <laughs> out, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was, it was great having you, Mr. Novak. I hope to have you on again. <laughs> and uh, if you have any suggestions for me, feel free Don't... to email email me or, okay. or whatever. And I will see you. In All right. Thanks tomorrow. a lot, man. Take care, buddy. Okay. The, you, you got one more chance. Is there anything you want to say to, to any audience I might have? <laughs> the floor is oh, yours. Oh, well, I just, um, <laughs> everybody just do the best you can in these crazy times. <laughs> and that'll, that'll be, that's it. <laughs> If you're hearing me now, it means you just finished the interview with Mr. Novak. And well, first of all, I want to thank you for listening all the way through. Uh, I really appreciate that. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned a thing or two about Mr. Novak. Like I learned that he lived in London and traveled Europe and like would fly to go visit his girlfriend. I had no idea. And um, that, I don't know, that was cool.
And the fact that he took over for Mr. Ward, who's now a professor at Duke, that's also really cool. And I didn't even, I didn't even know who there was a Mr. Ward. So good stuff. And Mr. Novak's a great guy. I might have said this in the intro, but it's worth repeating. If you haven't had Mr. Novak as a teacher, you should you should try to get him because he's he's a great teacher. And humanities as a class is is superb and it's awesome. And if you if you like discussions, even if you don't like discussions, you will learn something. But if you do like discussions, it it, it will be top five classes you take at Glenbard East. I guarantee it. Don't hold me to that, but I do because it's a fantastic class. Um, anyway, that's all I've got. If you want to get interviewed, reach out to me. I'd love to interview you. And if you have any suggestions, also reach out to me because I'm a rookie. I've, I've never done this before. Um, and, and suggestions and, uh, and criticism is, is necessary and, and also wanted. So feel free to reach out um, with any sort of feedback. All right. Thank you. Thank you again for listening. Um, I'll see you next episode or you'll hear me next episode. All right. Peace out.